check, check, mic check. Moto 60 show. I'm off to a flying start. I'm sick. My head is stuffed up. I've got a cold. My eyes hurt. You know when it hurts to move your eyes from side to side? That's me. I have a big head cold. So this is the Fly Racing Moto 60 show presented by NFAB. One hour of your call. 702-586-7857. Got a few lines open right now. Thanks for listening, everybody. We really appreciate it. We are giving away a Fly Child's Strider bike. To a lucky caller today, Fly Racing Strider Bike, the best Strider Bike out there. It's fantastic. Fly does not just buy a generic Strider Bike and put a sticker on it. Oh, no, no, no. It's developed by Fly, specifically for children that love moto. So thanks for listening. Like I said, great to have you. Fly Racing's third-generation light hydrogen line continues to lead the way in lightweight, minimalist racewear design with input from Fly professional team riders. Fly designers created non-restrictive minimalist racewear that eliminates non-essential features and replaces them with high-end, breathable, elastic woven fabric. I wish I could breathe right now. Really appreciate it. And also NFAB, N-FAB.com, proudly built in Houston, Texas, USA. Great sponsors of the JGR Yamaha team with Barsha, Pike, and Nicoletti. They've got a lot of stuff going on, and Jeep, truck, or SUV parts, bumpers, light mounting solutions, anything like that. They can help you out. N-Fab.com. You want to deal on uh, some NFAB pro- products, use the contact form at pulpamex.com, and we can uh, we can hook it up for you. Daytona Supercross coming up this weekend. Looking forward to it. I'm not going, but I'll be watching it on TV. And uh, Daytona is an, is an epic race. It's an iconic race. It's been around forever. It's gone through some various changes over the years but uh, still a tough race still something that uh, really probably favors Ryan Dungey let's just face it the two of the East series though opened up and uh, that's that's a lot to talk about Racer X Online's Jason Wygant going to join us and Transworld Motocross's Michael Antonovich of course I'm Steve Mathis 702-586-7857 producing the show taking your calls when you're good you know you're also lucky Ryan Dungey super fan tis legendary hi Steve well, it could have been a disaster. If that had been Trey Kennard, they'd still be scraping him off the concrete in, in Atlanta. But no, your guy, Ryan Dungey, avoids death, uses a lapper, and Marvin panicking to take a win. Like Ryan Dungey needed another break, tits. When God loves you, he just treats you right, man. That's, that's about, <laughs> Honestly, I mean, that's... Yeah, you yeah. know, what could you say? Yeah. He was so close to landing on Marvin. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Where do you put the blame pie on Marvin's loss? <sighs> on his loss? I'm going to go 75% on Marvin. 25 on Stu? Yeah. Stu, definitely. I mean, obviously, you've gone into this yeah. extremely in-depth. I've listened to everything. Yeah. And uh, initially, I was like, oh, man, Stu messed up. And I was like, you know what? Yeah, it's pretty much on Marvin. He could have. He could have just. Yeah. No, he could have just run around the turn. Double, went, triple. Yeah. Dungy was, was pretty much right behind him, and, and that would have been it. Yeah, no, exactly. So he did panic a little bit, no doubt about it. A little it. bit. But, of course, if there's a lapped rider that's going to cause an issue. It's got to be Stu. It's going to be gotta Stu. It's got to be Stu. If there's a guy who's going to get suspended for the <laughs> first time in our sport for <laughs> using PEDs, it's got to be Stu. The most polarizing <laughs> rider in the world. Like, really, right? Like, right. any sort of case study. 
Stew. Love him or hate him. There is no middle ground. <laughs> All right, everybody. Like I said, let's get our, let's get our first guest on the line, Jason Wygant, coming up. I want to hear from you though, also about about what you thought about Atlanta, what you thought about the um, the to be the East region opening up, and uh, let me know what you think. Uh, we appreciate it on the Fly Race and Moto Sixty Show presented by Anfab seven zero two five eight six Pulp seven zero two five eight six seven eight five seven. Please call in, make my life easier today because. Uh, I'm not really feeling it. Um, also, too, Jason Anderson and Cole Seeley uh, getting into it in Atlanta, and Anderson released a statement on his Instagram saying that he was in the wrong, but the other guy wasn't exactly innocent, and by that he meant that Cole Seeley, uh break check him, took him out, and um, so there's a little bit of that going on. It's interesting to see what those guys uh, do in Daytona, and also uh, I want to talk, talk to a little bit about Roger DeCoster's statement. It came out this morning that uh, that Ryan Dungey, or that James Stewart did nothing wrong, and um, that is why uh, n- nobody nobody should get on James about that. I thought that was rather curious, to say the least. So we'll talk a little bit about that, as well as look forward to Daytona and the changes at Daytona and everything else. Uh, Fire Racing created its Evolution 2.0 racewear to fulfill requirements needed by breathing well, be lightweight, and be protective, yet still durable. They got the first BOA system, BOA closure system race pant uh, right on the back. It's uh, for ideal fit. It works out great. And... Um, those guys uh, really got it going on at FlyRacing.com. They make much more than gear. They may check out handlebars and, and uh, levers and stands and tie-downs and everything else. They've got it going on. And, uh, yeah, we thank those guys. So check them out. And uh, mountain bike stuff, too. They kill it with mountain bike stuff. Does, this, does Daytona, does Marty's win, Marty Davalos's win in Atlanta, mean that he's now the favorite for this series? Something to think about. He was great in uh, Atlanta. So, um with that, let's get in. Look at those questions and more. Let's get into our next guest. He is the RaceRex online editor. He's my boss. He's the busiest man in Daytona. Jason Wygant, what's up? Yeah, this is going to be my last night of sleep for quite some time. Very excited about it. <laughs> go for people who don't know. Go through your schedule this uh, for the next five, six days. It's gotten better. First okay. of all, I got to say, it's nothing like it was a couple years ago. But uh, yeah, so I'll, uh, we have to host Daytona Media Day tomorrow, and then uh, the announcing the race on Saturday. Uh, we have Irv this weekend because it's not a festival event, so I have to take Irv's place and be the five in uh, And then as soon as that ends, it's back on shift for Racetrack Online, get as many interviews done as possible, mm-hmm. you know, write up the race report and all that stuff, and then be back at about five in the morning uh, to be ready to kick off uh, Ricky Carmichael. I'm sure at Daytona at about 6 a.m. On Sunday morning. Now, once I got, Sunday morning. Yeah, yep. Sunday morning. And once I got that rolling, I will hand it over to... DMXS Radio's David Heiser, the afternoon shift. I will drive to the GNCC, uh, help them out there, come back for Daytona tonight, and then do it all again on uh, Monday. And then Tuesday, neither cover an ATV race at Daytona, or I might sneak out and go to the Baker's factory. We'll see. Oh, wow. Yeah, so so you got out of announcing all day at RC at RC Amateur Supercross. You got out of that. Unfortunately, it, it involves driving to a GNCC and covering that. It's just, honestly, I was like, okay, Saturday's practice, where would you rather have me? At an actual race, so I can see two different races in two different days, or would you rather have me two days, one day practice? We're we're running all the events, so it's really the company's decision, which, yeah. where am I more valuable to be? So right. It's only practice on Sunday. Uh, I'll go to GNCC. And then for Saturday's race, you're the live announcer, but you don't start till the afternoon, right? Oh, uh, yeah, see. That's one help. It's the easiest job ever. I cannot believe how nice the Daytona people are to work with. It's a joke. They, they're like, can you make an 11.30 a.m. meeting on Saturday? <laughs> can you? Please. Please. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And then, um, and then uh, yeah, we have like a 10-minute meeting. And they're like, okay, we'll see you at 7 o'clock. Yeah. And uh, is, Rocket, <laughs> is Rocket Rob helping you, or who's going to be helping you? Yeah, Rocket Rob and Kevin Kelly. Are the three live announcers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've wow. moved out. We see a lot of variety of like uh, car people and whatnot. But yep. through the years, we've we've ended up turning it into an all moto cast, which which is pretty good. And by the way, I'll throw a shout out this weekend to uh, Larry Napton, who was the uh, who that's what I was announcing with when I started there about ten years ago. And uh, now the late Larry Napton, who uh, I know you know as well. So uh, mm-hmm. we're gonna come up with something to, to honor him because he announced that race for a long, long time. He did, he did, and yep. and Paul Page yep. was in there, and uh, and Dave yeah, Spain, and Ben Cheatwood, and uh, yeah, lots of guys yep. have come in, come in there. So yeah. and then Tuesday or Monday is the race, the RC 
amateur Supercross all day long, Monday. It's a Supercross, so basically heat races and LCQs on Sunday yep. and practice right. and main events on Monday. Yep. And then and then you're hoping to get out on Tuesday to Baker's Factory. Yeah, I mean, the plan was for New Kyle, our new West Coast guy, to go by himself, but Alden's like, why don't you come, mate? And I was like, you know, that's probably a pretty good idea. Yeah, really, right? Not so bad. Yeah, man. Um, yeah. yeah, you're the busiest man. You're the busiest guy. Uh, in Daytona, no doubt. Is there a, is there an RCU? Yeah. Is there an RCU also? No, no more RCU. Um, and uh, this is funny how all these events ended up there because now we have the ATV Supercross on Tuesday. Uh-huh. And uh, believe it or not, this is Daytona coming to the folks at MS Sports and saying road racing is not what it once was. And the Harley crowd, I mean, if you look at motorcycling, there was only one type of motorcycle, say, in 1930. Everybody just rode the same thing. Yeah. And you turn street bikes into dirt bikes, and then they eventually have motocross bikes, and they've just been going apart and apart and apart for 100 years now to the point where all those Harley people, don't, they don't come to any of the races. Uh, road racing is in a state of flux. The only thing that's really successful from a racing standpoint is off-road stuff, supercross, motocross, GNCC, ATVs. They don't want more of it. Yeah, interesting, huh? Get more dirt bike. Yeah, bike week. Yeah, you would never think that it worked that way. Bike week has gone from 90-10 street bikes and, and road racing and the reason why we're there to maybe, you know, seventy thirty now, because there's still dirt track, yeah. You know, but basically it's, it's moto, true. yeah. Um, crazy. Yeah. That, that is that is really weird when you look at that the way that's happened, and it's really because of the road race guys dropping the ball and everything else. But um, not good for the moto crowd then, no doubt. Of course, uh, yeah. Tuesday's ATV races will be owned by Fly Racing. Our own Jason Thomas will be very excited. Oh yeah, Fly yeah, everywhere. Not title sponsor, but we know all the riders. Fly's got a. A lockdown on the ATV motocross game. Yes, if you if you ride quads and you ride them fast, you wear fly racing. It's just worked out that way. <laughs> um, okay, first, all right, well, good luck with that. I'm not going, so I'll be thinking of you while I'm relaxing here at home. So. When was the last time you didn't go? When was the last time you did not go to Daytona? Um, How many years? I think it was, uh, I looked at, I thought about it the other day, and I think it was 2000. What year did Reed's bike blow up in the mud? That was six. Or was that eight? Eight. Eight. Okay. You didn't go in eight? No, I went in eight. I went in eight. So oh, okay. uh, I think I didn't go. So when was J-Law? Nine? I went that year, too. I believe I did not go in 05 or 06. One of those. I was still okay. I was still a mechanic, and so that would have been 10 years Ten years ago. Wow. Yeah. Enjoy it. And that might have been the not live on TV. Do you know this? Do you realize this? <laughs> I did after I realized I'm not going. I have to wait three hours. I have to avoid Twitter uh, for three hours. This sucks. I, I don't know how I'm going to do that. Uh, yeah, the, 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 the Daytona is preempted for something or another and starts at, uh, at 10 Eastern? Yeah, three. Yeah, I think 10 Eastern. I think it's a UFC fight. Uh, and uh, normally they've put it on uh, Fox Sports too, but I guess they're not doing that. I don't know why. Um, yeah, it's thrown all of us for a loop. I, I didn't realize how important the coverage this weekend is going to be. So, yeah. good Which, luck, Kyle. I'm announcing and Mathis won't be there. Yeah, good really. Luck. Like, if we, if we had really thought about it, you would have said, hey, can you can you please go to this race? And I would have said, yeah, because of these issues. You know what I mean? But uh, <laughs> and, bizarre. And honestly, I probably would prefer to be there now that I know that it's that it's delayed. Like, you know, like, that's going to suck. So <laughs> That's so weird. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll deal with it. No yeah. NFAB. Uh, no NFAB suite this year either. So uh, that was another reason why I pulled the pin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so I'm so bad, right? I'm so spoiled. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see, though, for sure, this weekend. Um, let's first talk about. I want to. I don't want to talk about Lappergate anymore, but I do want to talk about Roger DeCoster's peculiar statement that somehow he felt he needed to release. And I'm sure, Weege, it's an absolute coincidence that it's a Red Bull team and James Stewart's a Red Bull rider, right? Oh, good thinking. I could not. I could not come up with the connection because here's what I will guarantee you. Those are not the thoughts of Roger DeCosta. No, no, no. No. I don't know what happened. I was trying to figure out. I'm like, who, from a business standpoint, had to put out this press release? Why did it have to happen? And the Red Bull thing was the connection I did not come up with. Yeah. It's another team. It's another brand. Why would they care? No, I saw it, and I'm like, oh, Red Bull made them do that. That's ridiculous. I heard from somebody that he was pissed after the race. Roger was DeCoster? Yeah. He was legitimately pissed after oh, the race. I saw DeCoster, and I said, I mean, I, you know, when I first saw it, my reaction was just like, I cannot believe James is in the wrong place at the wrong time. That's terrible. Yeah. So 
so I said to him, like, uh, I'm like, man, Stu, just doing yeah. his laps, right. rolling the track, trying to mind his own business. And he goes, no, 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 no. He looked over. He looked over. And I was like, what? Yeah. And then he tells me, he's like, go and watch the film. He looks at Marvin, and he doesn't want to get lapped. And then he starts explaining all this. He's like, now, uh, you can look at it and come up with your own opinion, but he told me that's what he thinks. I mean, I absolutely was not baiting him into saying that. He volunteered right. it. Yeah. He's like, no, no. Well, he looked at Marvin, and he got on the gas. Rogers apparently had a change of heart, Weege. <laughs> oh. Well, he watched the footage. You know, he watched footage, did some replays. God. All came together. God, I hate that shit. You know, like whatever. It's so that's, dumb. That's unbelievable. Yeah. Now we all know that he was probably being treated unfairly. I think most of us have tried to look at yes. it unbiased. Yep. Have said it's partially him, but some of it's on Marvin, no doubt about it. Um and the people that were probably getting mad at Stu were saying it was a hundred percent his fault, which it definitely wasn't. No, I mean no. He didn't hate Marvin. Marvin has to get around him. It's partially on Marvin for sure. But it's definitely not a hundred percent he had nothing to do with it at right. all. Right. How, Would Marvin have faced that jump if Stu was not there? No, absolutely not. No. Um, no. Hey, we got a, We got a, We got a, We got a guy costing a guy a win. It's Stu, our first ever rider that gets suspended for for PEDs. It's yes. Stu. <laughs> you know? God, uh, yeah. just, I, I'm sure I'm missing a few examples also. You know, along the way, but um, yeah. Yeah, I thought, I, I mean, whatever. I, you know, it, it is what it is. Marvin panicked a little bit. He deserves some of the blame pie on it. But, I mean, save me the PR. Save me the PR, everybody. You know, so, whatever. What I've never you... seen a PR like it. Think no, about it. There's right? no precedent for this. Right, there isn't. There really isn't. No. Uh, on, a, no. On, on a Thursday after the race, or maybe it was out yesterday, but, uh, you know. Yeah. Yeah, we we think yeah. it's fine. Everyone back off the other team. Everybody back off the other team that we compete against. Leave them alone, you know. Like, <laughs> absolutely. That's like I didn't see, uh, did not see uh, Rockstar KTM, Rockstar Husky, or um, I didn't see Team Honda put out a back off Jason Anderson this week. Yeah, back off. Yeah. We looked at the tape. No. He's innocent. Cole had it coming. Yeah, no. And, I didn't and, see that press release. You know, and then last year in the NFL, I'm sure the, we missed the Indiana Indianapolis Colts press release about hey guys, the footballs were fine. Footballs were fine. Lay off Brady. Yeah, get off his back. Lay it off. Yeah, come off on. Come on. Oh, God. It's so weird. But uh, anyways, uh, let's talk about Cole Seeley and Jason Anderson. So, Seeley had some pointed words for me about Anderson after the race. I didn't see the incident, but I talked to one person who was independent who saw it and one person at Honda who saw it. They both uh, kind of said the same thing about what happened. Now, the Honda guy even told me, well, Cole wasn't innocent. The Honda guy said Cole wasn't innocent. He took Jason White in the sand and brake checked him basically and then roosted the shit out of him with sand. So, you know, basically Cole deserved maybe something or whatever. And um, But there's no, there's no reason for Anderson to blow Cole off his bike, knock them both down and everything else. Uh, this, is gonna, this has the potential to get ugly, Weege. I think so, but... It, the ball is totally in Philly's court, too. He'd have to just square him up and T-bone him or ram him or something. Yeah. And that's something that's fun to talk about on a Wednesday or a Thursday. But will it actually happen in a race? I mean, if the perfect circumstance presents itself, uh, maybe. But I, I don't think it's like all of a sudden they're going to drop the hammer on uh, practice on Saturday morning and Cole's just going to go straight into him, which is what probably people are thinking right now. Um Although, about the only time I could think of ever seeing that was actually Anderson doing that bagging. The only time I could think <laughs> yeah, of. Yeah, he really did. But I don't think Seeley, it's like, I don't know if you have to watch him every single lap of every practice heat race in Maine expecting it. It'll probably happen at some point, but it's not going to be. Yeah. You know, like I said, yeah. not that blatant. Um, I just don't know how many times Anderson can go, hey, man, sorry, my bad. Eventually, it starts wearing a bit thin. Well, I think this year, he if you just take this year in a vacuum, he has been okay. I think all the moments up until this one, and maybe that one, he tried to pass Brayton and Millsaps on one corner and knock Brayton off the track in uh, Anaheim 2. Uh, that's the only one I could think of where you'd be like, okay, that might be going too far. Every other one was like, dude, it's super cross. It's aggressive. He's making passes. Yeah. No, uh, I, have, I have his back yeah. for those other passes, for sure. I, I really do. But totally. I, I don't think totally. you can take 2016 in a vacuum. I think you have to take his no. his last year's actions. No. We've had too many guys 
I mean, I remember Will Hahn, this is like random ninth place battling a 250 national. Like, I'm sawing his front wheel off the next time I see him. He yeah. cuts me off every week. Uh, the Baggett thing last year. Weimer. Weimer last year. Weimer, yeah, Baggett. It's- yeah, those there's no way you can say those incidents were just, hey, man, I was just trying to make passes in traffic. No, that's what I mean. Like, that's why, like, okay, your Instagram sounds good and everything else, but Jason, come on, man. Like, you know, it's, it's starting to be a, a little bit of a habit here, and some dudes are going to get them. But again, like and the Sealy yep. Pass in San Diego, the Barsha Pass, I'm fine with all that. That's great. No worries. Yeah. 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 You know. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Um, these dudes can't make passes. He can. So yeah. power to him. But you know what's funny, though? I, I didn't see the Sealy roost and cut off in the sand, and I didn't see I didn't see that either. No, no. No. It is funny. I, I feel bad, you know, because I, I wrote the story on it based on what we, the quotes we had from Anderson and Sealy. And Anderson, <laughs> Sealy says to you, I shut him off on the last lap, but it was nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, even the rider, even the Honda guys were like, nah, it wasn't nothing. <laughs> it was based on the incident earlier um, in lap two or, th- or lap four or five, early in the main event at the end of the whoops on the left-hand turn going on to the start straight, where Sealy squared him, Sealy got by him, slowed down to protect the inside, Anderson rammed into him, which wasn't really that dirty of a move. It just, you know, that was... Probably something that neither guy was right. happy about. So, yeah, it should be interesting right. to see what happens uh, from there. I, I think the FIM's reaction was, ah, let them settle it. I think that something will be said after we blew it up this week on our on our website and everything else. And Anderson felt the need to go to Insta- Instagram and, and explain his side. I, I predict the FIM, John Gallagher, pulls him aside this week or at least talks to, to uh, Bobby Hewitt and Dan Bentley. Do you think so? Yeah. You have to remember they didn't have uh, – I talked to Kevin Crowther after the race. They had, you know, they don't have the luxury of seeing it yet either. Yeah. Um, and he's like, you know, we, we have to review the tape and see what happens, um, you know, before I can really tell you anything. So, you know, if they get footage of Anderson's move being super dirty or Steely's move before that, bringing it on, yeah, maybe it'll change. Right. One thing that doesn't help these guys is, I mean, they have been very closely matched for about three years now. I mean, they find each other a lot. So, yeah. It just puts them in this position over and over, uh, and it's not going to stop. I mean, they're going to be battling for first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh. They seem to just always be in the same orbit. Yep, yep, no, absolutely. Let's get some phone calls here. we got some guys on hold, been to work for a while. Josh, what's happening? Welcome to the uh, Fly Race and Moto 60 show. What's going on? I have a question about Chad Reed and Ryan, don't you? Yeah, go ahead. I kind of want to know what the relationship was, because, you know, you always see them on the podium talking a lot. You know, they always give each other congrats. You know, just because, you know, Chad Reed had James Stewart and then Ryan Dungey, you know, knocked out. I just kind of was interested what the relationship was between Dungey and Reed. What do you think, Weege? What do you think those relationship is like between those guys? No, I think it's good. I mean, it's impossible, I believe, for anyone to have beef with Dungey. Yeah. So the worst thing you could probably have is maybe a small lack of respect. I think there were times where, say, Villapoto or maybe Roxton two years ago might have thought, oh, I'm better than that guy. But that's about as far as they could go. Yeah, Dungeon Villapoto uh, kept it so clean with so many dudes over the years. They did. They actually kept it clean. So, like I'm saying, as far as Villapoto could maybe go, is just saying, I'm better than him. Yeah. But I don't think he ever had beef or beef or whatever words you want to use with him. So, yeah, I think there's a respect. I still feel like knowing Chad Reed, deep down inside, he probably feels like, if I had my <laughs> stuff where I needed it to be, I could beat Dunge right now. There's still that. But yeah. he felt that way about everybody. So, he can only go, I think, so far on the respect scale. Yeah. But he's as good as he can be. Yep, absolutely. All right, John. I have another quick question. All right, go ahead. About Tomac? About Tomac? Yeah. Is it possible that this is probably the best he's going to be? Because, you know, after the 2011 crash with Chad Reed, he wasn't the same, you know, outdoors. Um, is it possible that Tomac, is, this is going to be it for him because the, only, the impact of the injury? No, no, I don't think so. I, I Tomac no. will get better. Like, look, I, I've been the one saying, like, hey, it's not going that well. JT and Weege are basically stroking him. Uh, he'll get better. He will. But, I mean, maybe maybe he just doesn't gel with the bike, and maybe he's a better outdoor guy than indoor guy. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not fully prepared to say that yet. It's He'll get better. But I do think this weekend's big for him, Josh. I really think that Tomac's got to do something this weekend. It, it does suit him a little more. Um, it's a tight track though, so if it starts suck again, he could have issues. So, all right, thanks, Thank man. You. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Uh, James, what's going on? How are you? Welcome to the Fly Race and Moto Sixty Show. Hey, what's going on, guys? What's up? 
Hey, I was curious, how do uh, uh, riders' weekly preparation change for Daytona as opposed to racing a regular supercar? So, or do they not change at all? No, it does. Everybody who's got a track and has the luxury of it and has money and all that builds a Daytona section. So they'll basically get the guy to go out into the grass and drop the bucket and dig some big holes with some walls and sort of drop into some walls, and, 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 and it gets really ruddy. And sometimes they water the crap out of it because that's how Daytona gets. Um, so they'll always add like a Daytona section to their regular supercross track. All right. And that's about it. Yeah. So. Well, thank you. All right. That's no problem. All I really had. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. You can see, uh, I think Chad tweeted it or Instagrammed his Daytona section or maybe Roxon did. Somebody did. Said, hey, check out my Daytona yep. section, uh, which is uh, pretty yep. standard stuff for all these guys. If only they have, if only they're loaded and everything else, right? So, it's not as um, different, I think, as people might think anymore. The, the track has become much more like a regular Supercross. So, as far as like bike setups and and even the time of the main event, it's not as different as it used to be. So, yeah, I mean, besides building a section to get the sand dialed in, there's not much more you really should be doing. I mean, back in the day, they they would run full on outdoor setups at times, wouldn't they? Yeah, pretty much. I remember. You know what? I remember putting outdoor stuff on. And almost always remember taking it off and putting the Supercross stuff back on. I don't think too many guys, you know, um, you run Supercross stuff with less compression. Probably put a bit more sag in there also. But I see. I think that uh, even old school Daytona, I remember everybody thinking it was going to be gnarly and you need outdoor stuff. But by the end, yeah. with the transitions and everything else, you'd end up with back at Supercross settings or you'd even slide the Supercross stuff back on. So, and, like right. all, and all that week of testing that you did to find your magic setup was basically worthless. But um, now you never went to old school uh, Daytona. No, no. I always had all these other events that I was doing. I mean, I started going to Daytona, I think, in 2000, but it wasn't until 08 that mud race the first time I went because I always had GNCC or yeah. one of these other events to do instead. So, no, I, I never even experienced it firsthand. So, but you watched it on TV, certainly. It was covered every year with Ralph. TNT. Ah, um, yeah, Ralph did it. It did not look fun or cool, really, at all. I was going like, to say, what were, your, yeah, what, were your, what were your thoughts on it? It didn't look like a race that was, like, uh, fun to ride. And the racing, I mean, occasionally you get a battle, but for the most part, I felt like the dudes were just trying to not die. <laughs> That's probably not far off, actually. <laughs> trying to not die. <laughs> yeah, it really was like that. Um, the, I remember the 03 event or 02 event being 37 minutes long. One of those races with 37 minutes. and yeah I, yeah, I distinctly remember, I think of this every year, when Tortelli came over here, you know, he was doing okay at Supercross, but certainly not as good as you expected to be outdoors. And everyone was like, yeah, but look out in Daytona, this guy is going to be on fire. Watch <laughs> out for this dude at Daytona. Yeah. And at the end, he did the same thing. He got like fifth or sixth, which he was getting in every race all year. Yeah. And I remember him saying, he's like, I can't imagine being that tired and then still having to do triples and on-offs and whoops in the same yeah. perfect precision. Like, outdoors, yeah. you're tired, but you're just going through sections wide open and just hanging on. Yeah. You're not having to jump 63 feet. Don't jump 64. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And also, too, you, you watch some of those old-school Daytonas, and the, the ribbons were really just a suggestion, you know, on where to go. <laughs> like, guys were just kind of – they were trying to avoid the bumps at all costs, going far outside to far inside and everything else. And uh, you're right, yeah. it's just a kind of an endurance thing, just kind of one of those things to get through. used to be so hot, too. Oh, my God, it was blazing hot. And uh, 30, guys, oh. in the main, 30 okay. guys in the main event also. So, you, like, mm-hmm. the good guys would be lapping guys. Because, you know, privateers, they don't have 20 laps of a normal supercross in them, most of them, never mind 20 at Daytona. And the lapping would come so quickly, you'd lose, you'd lose track of your guy. You'd, you're like, I, I think my guy's two laps down. I don't even know. I, I'm not sure. Because here comes Jeremy again, or whatever, you know. So I it, think there's the basic changes that everybody can see easily, which is the laps are shorter and that it runs at night, so it's not as hot. But I think just as big a factor is the obstacles just looked weird back then. That's what made it not look fun. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Yeah. No. I agree. Hundred uh, percent. All right. Let's get to some. Yeah. More, let's get to some more phone calls here. Mike, what's going on? Welcome to the Fly Race and Moto Sixty Show. Hey guys, how's it going? Good. Thanks for calling. I had a, a little uh, question line of thinking about uh, all the Marty Davos talk that's been going on for you to, to think about, see if you might be able to change your opinion a little. So I, I created a little compare and contrast list between him and Jeffrey Hurlings. If you got just a quick second, I'll yeah. read some of them off. Sure. Whoa. 
Yeah. So, so Marty Davalos, all-around nice guy. Jeffrey Erlings, known for being kind of a cocky yep. dick, I would say. Yep. Um, Marty Davalos, not really ever had any great 450 factory ride offers. Jeffrey Erlings, tons of them. So another reason why he could he could jump up easily, still make good money. Marty, maybe not. Uh-huh. Um, <clears throat> Marty Davalos, although, you know, you could consider it sandbagging. He's never actually won the class. Jeffrey Hurlings has. So another reason why you can shift your hate completely under Hurlings. Um, Marty Davalos has played within the crazy rules that the FIM AMA Supercross has changed as far as pointing out, where mm-hmm. Hurlings has specifically had, like, rules changed for him. Yep. Yep. Um, I like all this. I like, I like where you're going with this. Fly. Yeah. Marty wears fly. Uh Perlings doesn't. Uh-huh. There's another one. So so maybe those will, will help you uh, mend your fences with, with Marty Davalos there. Well, I'm, I'm getting a disguise. I don't know if you heard. I'm getting a disguise, and I'm going to go try to interview Marty. Yeah, uh, I heard mustache on top of the mustache. Yes, yeah, so I have a set of glasses with a big nose and a mustache, and I feel like that's going to do it with a Moser hat, a Moser heating hat. Okay. So, yeah, just don't wear the unicorn head or anything like that. Yeah, nothing... <laughs> Nothing was worse than the than the than the than the uh, GPs making a rule that if you win it twice you have to get bumped up, but but then Hurlings wins it twice and they go nah nah KTM told us that it was they don't want to you know KTM said that they want to keep them so we'll just let you win it whenever don't worry Jeffrey we're good honestly yeah Hurlings though I'm not as upset at Hurlings as I used to be because let's forget let's not let's forget. Let's not forget he's lost the last two years. He's crashed out with injury, so and with some serious injury at that. Now, true, but but he's still the class of the field. Oh yeah, of a, of a, of a weak field. Oh yeah, and, and if any, if you start getting good, you're out of the class. Gaser can still race against him. Fabra can still race against him. But they took the actual I have balls route and moved up to the premier class. They're like, yeah, I'm good. I'm gonna move up. You know, they actually be, were, 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 were honorable about this, whereas Hurlings, I don't know if there's anything in there that's honorable. So There you go. Yeah, no, I, I get it. Um, thanks, man. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Have a good oh, one. Thank you. Can't argue with sound points, Wagant. Can't argue with sound points like that. That was well thought out. Uh, know, there's a lot of research yeah. to go into that one. But the, my favorite one was Marty Wears Fly, and Jeffrey does it. <laughs> um, Tyler, what's going on? You want to talk about Carmichael? Yeah, man. Uh, how's it going? Uh, Good. Thanks for calling. Well, yeah, I, I don't got nothing bad to say about Carmichael. I love Carmichael, but uh, you know, I don't see how there's not like a, you know, a problem with a team owner designing a track. I mean, doesn't Roxon kind of maybe have an advantage already since, you know, he gets to kind of maybe get the layout before anybody else does, and they can set it up to practice how, you know, it's really actually going to be. Tyler, I'm all for bagging on Carmichael whenever I can, <laughs> but I, not in this case. I, I no, I we dry. I mean, Ricky designs it. Bomber Barnett builds it, but this doesn't give rocks and and, and Jake Weimer no. an edge, right? And and if you want to, uh, if you want to spin this negative on uh, Ricky, like you might want to, I will. I will oh, help. I'm you all here. ears. I'm all ears. Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> the reason why it doesn't matter is because I think his involvement with Roxon is a overstated, and his involvement with the track is a overstated. I mean, I'm sure he's the one basically sketching out and saying, "Yeah, it'd be good to have. Let's move the start to the middle." Or, or let's have a whoops in front of the grandstand, stuff like that. But in the end, the, the real things that matter, I think, are, like you said, it's being done by Bomber and other people. And as far as the team goes, I, I mean, the amount of times I've heard when Roxham was struggling last year, how could this happen? Why isn't Carmichael helping him? It's just not really his role. He's a team owner. It's a business venture. He's not the coach. He's not the trainer. Uh, I don't think they're nearly as connected no. as, uh, well, as people with assume. Which I think you were standing there when someone who's very important in the industry and knows both guys was saying that they couldn't believe it's gone not south, but that it hadn't worked. That Roxon hadn't embraced Ricky. Ricky hadn't embraced Roxon. You know, they I don't know if you you were there, right? No, I actually wasn't there. I, I saw you write about that in observations oh, and I was puzzled. I swear you were sitting you were standing right there. Um yeah, they were just saying that like this guy was saying, like, I know them both. And Kenny would benefit from Ricky, and Ricky should open his mind up a little bit. But but, but Ricky's super stubborn. Kenny's stubborn, and uh. it's really weird. This guy was saying that these two, you know, that it's really weird that Roxon never went back up there after Dungey left. It's weird yep. that Roxon hasn't 
you know, Ricky's not around more helping him. So, yep. yeah, this person was very, very – and he knows them both very well. And he was very surprised that, that this thing hasn't really worked out like a lot of people thought. So, yeah. I don't think it was – I mean, this is what it came down to. The team wanted to have a really good rider. You know, they wanted to get an elite-level rider, and that was the guy they could get. I don't think it was like this. We've studied Roxon, and then Ricky knows that that's the guy who he could tap into. It was just, oh, my God, we have a chance to get Ken Roxon? Yeah. Let's get him. Yeah. I don't think there was any more thought that needs to go into that. I mean, there's two or three or four other riders in the world that can ride like him. So but if you can't get the other ones, yeah, but, you but, get it in. But, Weege, I think if I'm Roxon – and I want to go to this team owned by Carmichael. Now, maybe this happened and we don't know or whatever. And maybe Roxon just determined that Ricky was a kook or whatever. But if I'm Roxon, like, I think I'm like saying, okay, Ricky, help me out. What do you think? What, what did you do? What, here's what I'm doing. We, 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 do, we do think some of Roxon's decision to dump Alden Baker was driven by Ricky. I know Alden thinks that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it is weird. But again, maybe it happened. Maybe it did happen, and they, and quickly Roxon yeah. determined that he wasn't gonna. Ricky's ideas weren't gonna work for him. I don't know, but it is weird that they haven't been more active with each other. Yeah, that is true, it, and, and it's weird only because, like I said, everybody expects that. I mean, yeah. anytime anything has gone south for Roxon, there's like, well, he has the greatest of all time in his corner. It's just such a complicated mix, though, because I yeah. mean, we've seen it in every other sport. Um, the best don't always become the best general managers or coaches or managers or whatever the, the position would be. Um, yeah, maybe maybe Ricky did try, and like yeah, you yeah. said, maybe yep. he didn't mess the Roxon. Or, or maybe Ricky's like, listen, man, uh, this is a business venture for me. I'm not, I'm not in the 24-7 call-me-on-the-phone man-friend training game anymore. Right. That's not my deal. Yeah, yeah, I'm out. So, All right, yeah. Tyler. Uh, Tyler, do you got any kids? No, I don't. Okay. All right, we have a fly strider <laughs> bike, but we're not going to give it to a guy without, without kids. So thanks, buddy. Okay, I got enough of you. Send it to me. What's that, Weech? Send it to me. Come on, man. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're gonna give it to Weech. Yeah. All right, Tyler. Is that oh, okay. Sorry, bud. I no, it's all right. All right. Go stars, man. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we're gonna give it to Weech. Weech wins the fly starter bike, everybody. Hey, Nick. Uh, what's go- right. Nick? What's going on? You want to talk about Yoshizuki? Yeah. What's up, Stevie? What's up? Um. So, as you know, I guess with Yosh, um, they haven't been either getting the results. They've been they wanted or they haven't even been showing up to the races do you think they would do something um something that rch did or who would they even get you know what i mean like you mean next year uh well i guess with uh, with a few weeks back with weimer you know how they picked up weimer do you think i mean because they're not they're hardly even showing up to these races well, here's the thing, Nick. Um, they don't have an energy drink sponsor or any sponsor, for that matter, uh, driving them to have a rider. Like, it just costs them money. Like, Yosh sells exhaust, and they're, they run the Suzuki racing program, but there's no pressure to show up at the races. You know what I mean? Right, like, right. yeah, they're just, just like, whatever. They, they, don't, they don't really care. Um, if their riders are hurt, they're not there. So these other guys that are filling in, it's all driven by sponsors. Yeah. You all right with that knowledge, Nick? You sound bummed yeah. out. Hey, yeah. Steve, Steve, what do you think about the uh, the World Hockey Cup jerseys? I like them. They look kind of cool. They look different yeah. anyways. I'm down with that. Weege, what do you think? The, the jerseys for the World Cup of Hockey were <laughs> unveiled. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, I like them. I like them, Nick. Thanks, man. Thanks for calling. Yep, go Capitals. Yeah, all right. No, not go Capitals. Capitals are killing it this year, though, Weege. All right. Uh, th- they, choke in the, they choke in the playoffs. That much I do know. Oh, wait. You know what? We got a Nationals question, then we'll let you go, Weege. Uh, Kurt, you got a question about the, uh, the, voice, the voice of American Motocross is on the line. So if you, if you have a question about American Motocross Series, this is the man. <laughs> yeah, I do. Hey, uh, the race day live coverage that they do for the Supercross, it is awesome as a yep. fan. Get to watch practice, get to see things you guys talk about, helps you set out your fantasy lineup. Could we ever get live practice coverage at the Nationals? You are kidding me. We've had it. We've had it for three years. We've had it. Yeah. We do it. <laughs> we have it. Where you show all yeah. the practices and stuff? Because a lot of the stuff that I watched was uh, with Albertson. It was done, like, on Fridays and stuff like that. It was that, but was uh, it? it's the second practice only. It's not the first practice, so it's the second session. And we show um, – I think we even show the unseated, but we show the 250s and 450s, and I believe the unseated 450s. I know it because – 
Grant and I have to go in there and announce it every week. So it's been at least the last two seasons, if not the last three. So the same place you would watch those first motos, which is allysports.com, and we have a link on RacerX Online and, and uh, AmericanMotocross.com. Any of those places. The first, the same, it's very, almost an uninterrupted webcast from about 9 in the morning all the way to the first moto. They take a little break. They put Jimmy's show in there in between. But we have the second practices live, so check it out. Come on, Nick. You okay. got to know this kind of stuff. Or I mean, yeah. I mean, no, sorry, hey, I'm sorry. glad he asked. Maybe he's not the only one, and someone yeah. else listening to this show also didn't and know. We because didn't, I can tell you what a pain it is for me to have to go and announce practice, so I'm glad it's not. I'm not doing it for no one. And Weege, didn't you and Grant forget the mics were hot one time and you were just talking and someone had to tell you during practice? Well, yeah, years ago when we didn't have practice uh, live, um, we'd oh. be rehearsing things, and somehow it would still come out on the Internet. And my dad would be, like, texting me and calling me, like, I'm hearing everything you're saying at, you know, 10 in the morning, <laughs> three hours before we're on the air. Yeah, yeah. And the producer would be like, no, that's impossible. And I'm like, he is giving me verbatim words. <laughs> All right, thanks, <laughs> Kurt. Appreciate hey, it. Hey, I, I got a Benny Blows question. Okay. Too. All right, hit, hit us. I thought he was with um, Larry Brooks and the Buffalo Slater team. But he, then when I saw a practice, he didn't have he was. crazy he, later graphics on. Four days before then, the four days before the race, he quit the team. Oh God! They tested with him no. and everything else, and then he didn't like what was going on, and he quit. And then now he's on Cycle Trader filling in for Reslin. I did see that. Yeah, yeah. I, you know what? And I talked to Brooks about it. I didn't talk to Bloss. Brooks, they, they, everyone coming over there, kind of like, yeah, whatever. Like I don't think they were so pumped on Benny, and it was fine that he quit. They weren't really shocked or or or. Um, distraught over it. It just wasn't working out for both sides. <laughs> okay. Thanks a lot, guys. All right. Thanks, Kurt. All right, Wygant. Well, thank you, man. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. Uh, Fly Race and Moto 60 show presented by NFAB. Good times. Have fun in Daytona. Try to save your voice for our podcast on Monday. I can't even – I don't even know what this is going to be like. This Saturday night, no live. You're not going to be there. This is just going to be bizarre world. Yeah, well, you'll be all right. You'll handle it. That's that's the spirit. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> All right. Thanks, buddy. Thanks. Yep. Yeah. dot com. Check them out. They've got uh, the brand new LE stuff out right now that they uh, they had at uh, um that they're gonna have uh, coming out this weekend. A bunch of the riders are gonna have uh, some vented, uh, cool looking stuff that coming out of Daytona. The whole team riders that'll be available uh, next week on the website flyracing.com. dot com. And NFAB Jeep Trucker SUV parts. They've got them. Let's move right into our next guest. Uh, he's from Transworld Motocross. He's the online editor, Michael Antonovich. What's up, Anton? How's it going? I'm sick, so just cover the cover the whole Daytona for me. I'll just I'll just hang up, and you, you can do it. Is that cool? Okay, that's fine. Um, I mean, I'm not I'm not going either, so it'll be a very odd. You're not odd going either, really, fine. huh? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. No, not this weekend. Um, what's your take on the DeCoster press release uh, per- telling telling us that the other Red Bull rider? was not at fault. I was honestly shocked when I got the email yesterday, like, oh, we're, they're going to have a press release about this now because when <laughs> Ryan and Marvin both pretty much were like, yeah, it's a moot point, like, we're moving on to Daytona, I was like, all right, that's the end of it. Right. And then they send this out, and I'm like, okay. And even in my intro, like, I best intentions over there, and totally there was a reason that they had to do it, but even in the thing, I'm like, all right, it didn't need to be covered again, but it is. Yeah. All right. And how many times do you see a press release by a team defending another team? Hey, everybody, back off that other team we race against every weekend. Yeah. You know? I don't think I ever have. <laughs> I don't think so either. It was super weird. Anyways, let's move on. Uh, let's go on to Daytona. And uh, first of all, I want to talk 250 class with you mostly. Uh, did you get a chance to talk to Bowers after the race or no? Not directly, but I talked to some people over there, and he just said he faded really badly like couldn't even hang on yeah um was bowers probably your most disappointing rider from atlanta 250 250 east i think i think he, he was for me i would say yeah and i i just it kind of makes sense though knowing that he was so sick last year and then that he didn't really get on the bike until just recently like the fact that the fitness or the 15 long laps isn't there I mean, it's not a shock but you're like whoa I can't believe it It just happened like that. And if it's that bad right now, there's no way in a week that they're going to find 15 laps of speed. You know, it won't be for another five weeks if, if right. they ever find it. Well, that's what I was going to so. say. It's not going to go well this weekend either for Bowers. Especially there. I mean, right. that's the most difficult, treacherous track on the whole circuit. You know, minus if a track turns into Play-Doh at, like, Indy or Toronto. Yeah. Um 
so that's that's one of the guys that maybe disappointed us. Who surprised you, 250 class? I mean, I think we saw the usual guys up front, but was there somebody else who surprised you or even out of the usual guys up front? Like, I mean, we knew Marty would be fast, winning a heat and, and, and winning the race. I don't think that's a surprise. Mookie, that's not a surprise. Maybe Plessinger's balls out speed, man, coming from the back or Hill. Durham, like, I, I, I'm i really surprised by Durham just because who's, like, Darren hadn't raced Supercross in, in years, you know, and this whole, like, we know he's fast, we know he's talented, but does he have that many laps in him? And to finish in the top ten was huge. Right? Yeah, he was good. It wasn't, he wasn't close to a couple guys. You know, I mean, Justin Hill's, like, fifth place ride got overshadowed. Yep. Things like that, but, dude, for Darren Durham to finish seventh in his first Supercross in a long time was really well. Yeah, he was surprised. He was a surprise for sure. Um, and he even got Bowers at the end with, like, two laps to yeah. go, which was pretty amazing. I think... I think Fry, too, like, he comes in, he's a question mark for a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people didn't even think he would do that well this year, but a ninth place for your first ever Supercross is really good. I had guys who work with Fry that told me, yeah, it's not working out. I'm yeah. Like, I'm I like, heard, it, it hasn't I even started. <laughs> the race hasn't even started. You're already telling me it's not working out for Fry? So, yeah. Um, good for him. He yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Albertson, too. I, don't, I didn't have Albertson with a 10th. That was a nice ride yeah. by Jimmy. He has very little time on the bike. Yeah, and I mean, if you look at Jimmy now compared to last year, like he's a totally different person. It would be hard to lose that much weight when you're in your late twenties. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. Get to 150 something pounds is a lot compared to 170. Yeah, yeah. He was. Uh, yeah, he. Yeah, exactly. He lightened up a lot for the, for the 250s, or at least he claims he does. Mm-hmm. I don't. It doesn't look a whole lot different to me though, Anton. Like looking at him. But what do you think? Uh, when I saw him at A1, I was like, whoa, that dude is really skinny, especially for eating junk food the whole drive from Oklahoma back out here. <laughs> right, right. Um, uh, Shane McElrath, not 100%, but grabbed the whole shot. That's a good thing. And then uh, crashed a couple times. But he's dealing with a wrist injury, hand injury. Did you talk to him at all? I mean, I talked to him a little bit, like, through the year. Yeah. And then because that's, like, the closest race to home for him and, and everyone from South Carolina. He was swamped through the whole day. Yeah. But the fact, like, I mean, what, yeah, I think two and a half total weeks of riding before Atlanta, and that's not just, like, two weeks of riding Supercross. I think that's, like, two and a half weeks of riding, period. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, that's pretty quick, and to come out and do that well. He showed he was fast if it wasn't for some bad luck in the first tournament, stacking it up and then breaking the bike when James hit him, or when Malcolm hit him, like, he'd have been okay. Yeah, last year, Jeremy Martin was really fast at, at Daytona. I don't remember. I think he got third, but he came from the back, or he was setting really fast lap times. He was really on it. If he's not going to get a start, though, man, the, J Mart's life is not going to go well. No. Like, that's the number one thing that, that they need to work on, and it's always been that way. You know, yeah. it's never been that Jeremy, even in the national team, never gets out front first. There's never, like, this runaway lead. He comes on around, like, a third of the way through the moto, passes somebody and then takes off. It's never in the start to finish run like it is for Ryan or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's uh, and then this weekend I don't know if you look at the track map, but Daytona's tight this weekend. It's got a lot of switchbacks. Yeah, yeah, a lot of switchbacks and like just small little hit jumps and, and things that guys will just kind of like old Daytona was, where you just kind of came in and just flip the throttle and jump over and go. Yeah, yeah, not gonna be not gonna be real easy for Jmart to make up time if he can't pull a good start. No. Um, Tonus? Tonus was bad. Tonus was fast at times. He was on the board for a little while in that in that third practice. He was on the in the top five for a little while, but man, it just went south from there. Yeah, like there's no question that he has really good style and for limited supercross experience he's picked it up well, but whenever he gets behind a gate it all just kind of goes away and it's it's just like panic mode out there. You know, he just dumb mistakes happen. Like that crash in the whoops, he got so lucky that it wasn't worse than what it was. Oh, like for yeah. a, and for a, he's a tall guy. You tall guys don't fly like that in a crash and not come up, not hurt. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I, I agree. Um, I think if I was Tonus, though, I would already be sniffing around some GP teams for next year. Oh yeah, for sure, <laughs> for sure. I mean, you hate to could, say it. Yeah, you hate to say it. Like, and there's a lot of racing left. He could. You know, become a big surprise in a few weeks, but there's a good chance that he won't. You know, and then 
I, I don't know. He could be a big surprise, but it could be like, okay, yeah, I got to go home. And that could be, <laughs> yeah. it could be bad because unlike Dean Ferris, who was mediocre at Supercross, like Arnott has talent to do Supercross. He just can't put it together. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I agree. Um, all right, let's get to some phone calls here from Brian. Brian, what's going on? How are you? Good afternoon, boys. Hope you hope you're all well. Yeah, we are. Thanks for calling. Good. So here's what I'm wondering. Um, Malcolm obviously claimed, and I have no reason to believe he did that is not true, of an asthmatic condition allowing him not to ride outdoors uh, last year. Is that correct? Is that what he was I saying? I, I think that's what I had had read slash heard. Um, no, so, from what from what I understand, Brian, and this is um, from what I understand, um, it was a, a kidney condition that he had from a crash, and he couldn't really get from over being. Um, remember when he dehydrated himself at Bud's Creek like two years ago? Yep. Yeah, and and that's what the reason why he didn't ride outdoors last year. Okay, so maybe Anton I mean, knows more. Anton, what? Yeah. It, he yeah, it goes back to like a few years ago where he was constantly dehydrated and got really sick. But then I think in total his Geico contract for last year was just for Supercross. There wasn't an outdoor option at all. Okay. The only reason I, I ask that is because, um, and like I said, I mean, I, I, I would put my money on you guys being right on this. Obviously, will this hinder him at Daytona? I mean, I realize Daytona is a Supercross, but it's pretty much an outdoor, and I realize it's not going to be 85 degrees outside. But it will be, you know. But it's a long main, so I'm wondering, man, what effects this might have on him, if any, if it's still affecting him. I don't know. It's a good, good, good question. Uh, I didn't know he had asthma. Did well, that... like I said, I might okay. be wrong on that. Right. Well, Anton, you probably know Mookie better than I do. Does he have asthma? Not that I, not that I know of. Right. I mean, all right. He totally I could have been making could, that up, yeah. and I'm not aware of it. But um, uh, I, I, I don't I, think like yeah. the kidney hydration thing will matter at Daytona. And, if it does, like, guess what? They need to really worry about it because he's doing the Nationals this year. You know, he has a full contract indoors and outdoors, okay. so we'll find out okay. soon. Yeah, yeah okay. Well, All right. I mean, that's fair. Thanks, Brian. Thanks for calling, man. Take care, fellas. All right, see you. Yep. Uh, let's get into Alex. Alex, what's going on? Welcome to the Fly Race and Moto 60 show. What's up, man? I'm the guy that called about the pork slider comment. It's week eight, and I'm guessing I'm not going to be throwing any pork sliders after all. I'm going to have to... Maybe go take one to Will Hahn in his hospital bed. Yeah, go take one. Yeah. the guy. Yeah, go take him a pork slider to, to, to munch on. He's going to be laid up for a while. I feel bad for the guy. Now, I have another question inside of that. Um, does uh, Ricky Carmichael favor him designing the track? Would it favor Roxon? Like, would he throw in obstacles that he knows Roxon, his rider, is faster at? No, no, I don't think so. We covered this. Actually, another guy called in about that. I, I don't think so at all. I really don't. Oh, okay. So, all, right. all right. Thanks, That's man. It. Appreciate it. Thanks, uh, welcome to the show, Jason Thomas from Fly Racing. How are you? Thank you. What was the last question about Baggett and Roxon? No, Ricky designing the track. Does that favor Roxon? Oh, uh, no. No. Um, and also, too, Michael Antonovich from Trans World Motocross. Mm -hmm. JT, big weekend for Fly Racing, coming out with some vented uh, LE stuff this weekend, so looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah, it's exciting. It's, uh, it's a big weekend for us every year, so. Well, hopefully the folks at Trans World can cover it for you. Oh, we will. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I don't think Pulp and Max will be covering much, so. <laughs> That's uh, depending on guys like Anton. Uh, uh, touche on that. Touche on that. All right, well, I have both of you on the line. Uh, let's switch to 450s a little bit here on the Fly Race and Moto 60 show. Anton, Josh Grant, go. Ooh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Because I don't know. Because as far as I know, like, I haven't seen him ride Supercross out here. I know he's ridden a little bit, but it's not like when guys were turning laps on, like, the Paul or the Milestone Supercross track, like, he was right there with him. Never saw him. So I, I really don't know. Do we have a main event? But, from? Do we have a main event from you, do you think? What was that now? The, the phone broke up. Sorry. Will he make the main event? Yeah, okay. don't make the main. Okay. I didn't know how bad it was, this was going in your I eyes. Mean, he'll make the main because the amount of guys that are in it are already pretty, it's dwindling down quite a bit. So Josh is fast. He can qualify right. well through there. You know, it's 
20 laps? We'll find out. Yeah. JT. He could easily make the main. JT, if you told me Josh Grant uh, qualified fast, made it out of the semi, got eighth in the main event, I'd say, okay. If you told me Josh Grant uh, pulled out in lap six of the main event with what we just think was just, you know, being tired or being over it, I'd say, okay. Do you agree? It could go either way. Yeah, I think I think eighth is uh, eighth is asking a lot, in okay. my opinion. Uh, but yeah, I mean that's the best Purcell has been all year, you know. So I think that speaks to the level that everyone's riding at because if you watch guys like Brayton and Millsaps and these guys and they've gotten eighth place, uh, they're they're legit, you know. They've they've uh, been pretty ready to go as far as uh, competitive level. So I don't know that Josh can just jump in to the series when. In my opinion, he's not all that prepared. Um, we'll, we'll, I guess time will tell on that. But I think eighth place is a pretty big ask for a one-off event like this. Do you think he goes to Cowie, JT? I personally do. I think it makes a lot of sense. He was there last year in the same role and kind of gave them what they needed, you know, yeah. top ten finishes every week outdoor. So I think it's a good fit, but I think it's going to come down to the same thing it came down to with RCH, and that's money. What do you think, Anton? Can, can't you see him over there filling in for Wilbur? He would, I don't know, because it seemed like he wasn't very psyched that they didn't find him last year. And so to get brushed off like that, like he was supposed to race Monster Cup for them and then didn't. So I don't think he's very hyped on them or he wasn't yeah. six months ago. But that could be, if i got to go to the races, I better put that aside and take this ride. Right. Well, it, it was years ago. But Travis Preston, Nick Ways, fill-in rides, they don't kill it. Those guys aren't, like, killing it. The factories are kind of like, hey, bro, we got a factory team, and, you know, we'll pay your expenses, and we'll give you a bit of contingency. Like, they don't just mm-hmm. exactly line up these big checks for fill-in guys, which I think people yeah. don't, don't understand. It's, it's, you know, so if Grant is, JT, like you said, if Grant is, you know, not happy with money, and that's why he didn't want to perform for the circus, as he tweeted out, then he may not get over there. Yeah, I don't, you know, I'm sure it'll go both ways. Um, Cowie will obviously want a second guy out there, I would think, uh, yeah. because they're one one crash away from having an empty truck. You know, ask your Shamir how that goes. So I think there's a happy medium where both sides could agree. It's just, you know, I don't know what their budget is or what they have to spend, and, yeah. and we we don't know the number that Josh Grant's asking for. You know, we both yeah. I know we've both heard that it was pretty high, so who knows. Yeah. Uh, Nick Way, JT, slide him into the main event and see where he goes from there. Yeah, I think so. I think, uh, you know, having a few guys out that were in last week will help him uh, because I, I think he would have been in before, but it would have been, you know, if the semi was stacked, it would have been a little dicey, maybe a bad start right. or something. It doesn't work out. But I think as that as the season rolls forward, it gets easier and easier. And, you know, two less guys for sure this weekend will, uh, will definitely make life a little better. What do you think, Anton, about Nick Way coming back for Team Tedder? Yeah, oh, yeah, he'll make the main uh, just for the same reason Josh told that the his talent – is higher than some of the other guys that aren't. Like, if you look at right. people that are making the main event, so he'll be there. How many bike changes does he make, JT, during the course of a day? Oh, it's going to be interesting because Daytona is a uh, right. race where your bike never feels right. Right. Just, no matter what, it just never handles well. So uh, <laughs> this could be this could be a, a uh, very unwelcome <laughs> return as far as bike settings. How many linkages? Three? Three, three different uh. <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, I think probably lots and lots of um, fork and shock changes with adjustments, but right. it's hard to say. It's hard to say. I, you know, um, Daytona is such a weird animal that he may not know where he's going with the bike at this point. He hasn't raced it. You know, he hasn't raced the 16 right. in a in a race like this all year. It's a totally new chassis. One thing that's interesting about Nick Steele is he's on the payroll with Showa uh, to be a, a really top notch test rider. He's been testing a ton with them. They got a new fork out. Nick will have that. Like, Nick's going to be one of the few guys with this new fork. It's like a hybrid air spring thing. And, you know, he's going to have a full technician and everything. Show is really in board with him, on board with him. So, that'll be it. I mean, you know, his, his, his suspension will be top-notch. So yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that helps his confidence, too, because you know how Nick is if he's got you know, something cool or something new or whatever that seems to <laughs> pump them up or whatever. So I got a, it could really mean the difference for him. I got a fin on the back of my helmet, bro. I got a fin. <laughs> uh, um, Anton, what about Baggett? What do you think about Blake Baggett's return? Oh, I don't – I mean, he's fast. He always does well at tracks like this. But, 
mean, to just start running on Monday and then jump back into this one, that's a lot. You know he loves Daytona, though. You know he loves Daytona. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it, it all depends if, if his arm's even good. Like, he mm-hmm. could get through practice and be like, yeah, I can't do this at all. Right. Yeah, no, it should be interesting to see. Um, fantasy Supercross purposes, too. Like, do, where do you slot him? You know, because he's so yeah. good at besides because he's so good at Daytona in the past, either on a light bike or even on a big bike. You know, he podium there last year. So, yeah, it's a little dangerous yeah, when your be- Instagram post on the the beginning of the week says you're testing your body out. You know, <laughs> it's yeah. not a good place to yeah. start the week. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Um, all right, guys. Uh, thanks to both of you for coming on. Uh, really appreciate it. Fly race and Moto Sixty Show, Transworld Motocross online editor Michael Antonovich. And uh, and Jason Thomas from Fly Racing. Thanks, boys. Thanks, Thanks for having me. All right, see ya. Yeah. And that's the uh, Fly Racing Moto 60 show for this week, everybody. Presented by NFAB, n-fab.com. I got through it. We got through it, tits. I wasn't feeling very good. I hope it wasn't. Hope it was an okay episode. It was a strong team effort. I wish you just would have called three or four more guys and just let them all talk. Yeah, right. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back next Thursday before uh, Toronto. Talk some more moto. Flyracing.com and fab.com. See you next week.